1: Well, it is time to get your whites out and have them beautifully ironed, nice pleats down the shorts, of course. Um, Strawberries and cream, you can get them at the ready as well. And that that smell of that delightful scent of the fresh cut grass because it is Wimbledon time. And of course, uh, that's a world away from the middle of winter we find ourselves in. But a great escape nonetheless is the grass season takes centre stage of the Grand Slam circuit. And this morning, we've already seen plenty of big names in action. Alex Groskin is uh, editor-in-chief of Crack Rackets. He is the only person we need to talk to uh, about Wimbledon in terms of previewing it. Good morning to you, Alex.
0: Oh, good morning, my friend. You're absolutely right. It's not really a Grand Slam season until you and I have spoken. And so now we can say 2023's Wimbledon has officially begun.
1: It has officially begun, and uh, we want uh, a nice uh, fortnight of fine weather, Um, and we also want to to see the stars in action, and we've already seen that. Um, With uh, Novak, Novak stepped out and uh, got his job duly done.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, Novak Djokovic is the storyline heading into this Wimbledon and I think as tennis fans, or at least I will speak from that perspective, we've all grown so accustomed to just seeing him succeed, and you almost become numb to that amount of success. And yet, when you actually say the numbers out loud, he's playing for his 24th Grand Slam title, looking to match Margaret Court as the most all time, regardless of open era or not. He's playing to win his 12th major title after the age of 30. And to be clear, there are only five players in men's tennis history who have won 12 Grand Slam titles, period. He might match that feat all after the age of 30. I continue to believe he's not human you know the current species is called the homo sapien i think our next species is the homo jokovic i think that's what we're evolving <laughs> to because this guy is something else
1: he's something else all right and i'm not writing him off at any point in fact in the betting market over here i can tell you uh, alex he is the hottest of favorites um with uh, carlos Alcades. Um, a, a, a distant second in terms of the betting, but what about uh, Alcaraz on on grass? How do you feel about this possibility?
0: Well, it's a fascinating question because Carlos Alcaraz, in his career, has played just three pro tournaments on grass courts. Now, what were those three results? He lost, you know, first round of a Wimbledon. He lost fourth round of a Wimbledon, and then this year, playing his first non-Wimbledon grass court tennis, he wins the title at Queens club. And so, you know, you mentioned the betting markets right now. Novak Djokovic is favored versus the entire field, which just speaks to again, the fact that his track record, his pedigree, it really does lap everyone else. But at a certain point, we all have eyes. And we see how good Carlos Alcaraz is. I don't care if we're playing on hard courts, clay courts, grass court. Make a court of shattered glass. He'll find a way to be good on it after five minutes. I completely agree. I think Djokovic is the guy to beat, but, and hot take here, the second best player in the world is the number two favorite. But I do think Carlos Alcaraz has earned that respect, even if he hasn't played that many grass court matches.
1: Uh, outside of that, Alex, of course, we've got uh, Medvedev at three, Kasparud at uh, four, and Sitsi Pass at five. They make up the top five uh, seedings for the gentlemen's this year. Where do you think Medvedev is at at the moment? Pretty quiet lately?
0: That's the, that's the question, because Daniil Medvedev, in theory, should thrive on a grass court. He's one of the few guys who, regardless of this surface, he's able to find his footing. He's able to use his height, his length to move around on these courts as if they were just a normal tennis court. But He has not played well. In particular, his first serve, which has to fire on all cylinders on grass courts, his first serve has struggled. That's been the source of issue for him over the past month. Now, again, He's so good at tennis. He can problem-solve in so many different ways. It's going to take some sort of significant effort to beat him. But if you are someone who likes to spend some of your pocket change, perhaps, on investing in some of these matches, maybe be a little bit weary before you put too much down on Daniil Medvedev.
1: No Nick Kyrgios uh, this year, which uh, doesn't worry us Mm. Kiwis because he's an Australian and a beastly one at that. Uh, But uh, are we saying... (laughs) Uh, Are we saying about Nick Kyrgios, this is genuinely just physical injuries or where do you think the mental side of Nick Kyrgios and top tennis sits at the moment?
0: It's a great question. And, you know, for Nick, who's dealt with so many different physical issues and, you know, coming off of a knee injury, he was hoping to be healthy. This time he announces he tore a ligament in his wrist, which is what pulled him out of this event. Look, it's an injury. You can never control that injury. And certainly, uh, obviously, tennis is a better place when he is playing his best tennis. But to your point, How do you get injured later in life? It's because you didn't do the little things well. I never stretched growing up. Now I wake up each morning and I'm wondering, where's my back? Like, where did my spine go? It really hurts. For Nick Kyrios, it's, you know, again, 20 years of not stretching, not cooling down, you know, maybe missing on the little details. And, you know, 20 years later, those little details add up. So, yes, it is an injury, but to your point, it, it's a byproduct of just what happens when you're not spending every minute off the court trying to prepare yourself to be an elite athlete.
1: Is there a, 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 what we call over here a smoky? Is there someone that's going to surprise you? feel on form?
0: Oh, it's a great question. I'll give you a man who was once upon a time from the island of New Zealand, now identifies with the UK I'm looking at Cam Nori very, very closely. And here's why. Right now, for those tennis nerds curious, that Carlos Alcaraz quarter of the draw, it has about every big name you're looking for. I have my list of my top 15 contenders. Nine of my top 15 contenders are all in that Carlos Alcaraz section of the draw. Cam Nori is not. And I know the lefty hasn't had the best 2023 season, but he reached the Wimbledon semifinal back in 2021. If you look at his section of the draw, I believe he's in that Daniil Medvedev quarter, which, as we said earlier, that's probably the quarter you want to be in right now. Physically, he's just a tough out. He moves the ball so well around the court. I'm feeling a little Cam Nori love heading into this. I think that would be – I apologize. I'm blanking on the term you used. The smoky, that's my smoky.
1: That's just smoky. Okay, well, if uh, you were uh, thinking about Coco Goff as a smoky, you can forget about that because uh, she's <laughs> gone in the first round in an all-American battle, which is interesting.
0: Oh, it's an American – I mean, again, it's an American-on-American crime. You hate to see it if you're in the States, but, man – it, it was so funny watching that matchup because obviously, you know, uh, Coco Goff to your point, losing earlier today to Sophia Kennan. Kennan's a former Australian Open champion. Kennan's someone who's been ranked top five in the world. And yet at 23, 24 years old, it feels like after a few injuries, Kennan has become an afterthought. And so, look, was this good tennis from Coco Goff? Some scholars would argue absolutely not. It was not a good day at the office for Coco. That said, what this tells me more than anything else is, hey, is it time to, you know, I never sold my Sonia Kennan stock. That's I'd like to tell all of New Zealand. So next round of drinks are on me because that position is holding firm today.
1: OK, well, let's look at the, the, the ladies side of it. Um, I love the terminology mm-hmm. at Wimbledon um, because the, the defending champion, of course, is uh, Elena Rybakina. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, all eyes really on um, Shiantek at, at this point um, to, uh, you know, just just to dominate this event.
0: Yeah. No, uh, first of all, can I just say, and this is how you know we've been doing this for a while now, your pronunciation of Shiantek, flawless, my friend, absolutely flawless. Ooh. So if you were ever wondering, do you have it down? The answer is yes, you do. Um, Thank you. Look, I think I think she's the favorite. I think... The, the biggest benefit she has against the rest of the field is her two biggest opponents, to your point, Rybakina, as well as Arena Sabalenka. They're both on the other side of the draw. They both have to face one another. And while Iga hasn't had a ton of pro success on grass courts, it's worth remembering she won the 18 and under title at Wimbledon back in, I believe, 2018. And so, yes, the ladies' Wimbledon success hasn't quite been there, but she's a former junior Wimbledon champion. She's had success everywhere else. It feels like when, not if, for Sviantek, and I do think this is the year that the when becomes realized.
1: Um, Let's uh, look at Wimbledon itself. What is, uh, for you, Alex, what does Wimbledon mean as opposed to, say, uh, your one, your your U.S. Open, um, you know, at uh, at Flushing Meadow. What what does Wimbledon and the event mean to you uh, as a tennis scribe? It's a
0: look. The history. Just, it, it beckons from the television every time you look. The perfectly manicured lawn, the beautiful collared shirts of the people in the crowd, all of your celebrities, David Beckham, Tom Cruise, the royal family. you kn- I don't know why that's the order I went in, but that felt like the right order of operations for the record. <laughs> but you just see everyone there at Wimbledon, and it is a celebration. It also holds – a special spot in the calendar. And what I mean by that is, look, it's the start of July. At least here in the United States, you don't have professional football. You don't have professional basketball. You don't have professional hockey, college football. None of that is going on right now. Tennis owns this two-week stretch on the calendar. In a way, the sport owns no other two-week stretch. You know, It's on ESPN, which is a big deal here in America as well. Dare I say this is the granddaddy of them all. This is the tournament. If you ask players across the sport, you can win one event. What would you pick? I think the majority would say Wimbledon because despite, you know, the dress code, the all whites, despite the fact that some aspects of the tournament may feel dated, that tradition, uh, it, it just it's special in our sport. And it's something that separates this event from everything else.
1: Of uh, the tennis uh, commentators around the world, who who would be your, your number one sort of caller and analyst as such, uh, as you watch from uh, your vantage points when you're not able to go as, uh, you know, who, who are the the people that say, well, if that's right, uh, or, if that's what he says, I believe that. I mean, if he says the grass is purple, it's purple. Uh, who, who's who's <laughs> your guys there or your, or your ladies?
0: Oh, it's an excellent question. There are a lot of good ones across the tennis industry now, He's relatively new to the game, but anytime you have Andy Roddick stepping into the commentary booth, you saw the personality. You saw the ability, dare I say, to beat his head at the authorities during his playing career. Well, he'll still do that in the commentary booth, and then he'll assess someone's strokes in a way only a former number one player in the world can. I think he's been excellent you know I will forever say Mary Jo Fernandez I think when she's in the booth I just think she's so precise in analyzing what she sees but look if Jim curry any former player you can turn to Jim Courier, Caroline Wozniacki who is resuming her pro career so I suppose we won't be hearing commentary from her for a little bit but there's just there's a wealth of former players right now who are active and they're all excellent
1: so Well, Sniacki, that is an interesting story, of course, uh, formerly aligned with uh, Leighton Hewitt back in the day. Uh, I I just just wonder about her decision to do that. I mean, because the game has advanced. It's been quite some time.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating because she did leave the game at the peak of her powers. And to me... All I could think of in this decision is, okay, now we get Wozniacki, but when is Ashley Barty coming back? Because she's the one who had just felt like she left so much on the table. And look, for all of these athletes, when you've accomplished what you've accomplished, you're good to go. But for Caroline Wozniacki, I just think she felt she still has more left on the table. She sees peers of hers, players like Victoria Azarenka, Simona Halep, and, you know, even the Williams sisters to some extent still out there competing on tour. And I think she just thinks to herself, I want more. I, I can do this. And, you know, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I'll tell you, if I was a pro athlete and I was still capable of doing it, I would want to do it for as long as I could. And so for a Wozniacki who, you know, she's financially secure kids are financially secure she's ready to give it one more go
1: okay fair enough the, the other thing uh, before i let you go um of course is it's the 5th of july uh well i think it's 4th of july actually uh, tomorrow and uh, that always means something special at coney island the world hot dog eating championship uh, what are we thinking about that this year
0: Joey Chestnut, smash the over. I think he's hitting 70 hot dogs. I think he's going to win. the. I mean, look, it's, it's remarkably impressive. I mean, a display of eating. I don't know who signs up for that. Like, what, what did you do wrong in life that you're going to subject yourself to just devouring 60 plus hot dogs in 10 plus minutes? Like something had to have gone wrong at some point along the way. But I'll tell you what, it's certainly athleticism
1: it's athleticism is right well. hey Alex I, I now I know it is uh, I now feel I now feel the tennis season the Grand Slam season is really underway because we have spoken and you've given us an amazing preview again as well and um oh, look, I look I I'm not a, I won't confess to being 100% a hundred percent a joke of a Djokovic fan but um I do admire records I admire statistics in any sport and uh he's just keeping on breaking those barriers down and i I can't see them stopping him he's just got that look about him
0: yeah no he's first i've said it before on this show i'll say it again as good as he is at tennis the fact that his hair is exactly the same at the end of the match as it is at the start it's just superhuman. Yeah. Again, move over Homo Sapien. It's time for the Homo Djokovic.
1: Okay, Alex Groskin, thank you very much uh, as to making yourself available. You have a mighty fine day, and um, well, at least go and have one hot dog. You, you'd be a could you manage to? You'd be a two hot dog guy, I reckon. Uh,
0: oh, I think I could hit double digits if 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 the time called for it. I could I could give you fifteen.
1: Tennis, <laughs> a, a world. <laughs> A world tennis pundit, <laughs> hot dog eating competition. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Uh, you might be my favourite. Anyway,
0: yeah, exactly. yeah, my favourite.
1: My favourite American correspondent, Alex Grisken. Have a mighty fine day. Thank you, sir.
0: Oh, you're far too kind. Thank you for having me. We will talk again soon.